Hello and welcome to This, That and the Other for what we're calling The Megamix. You are about to hear a collection of our favourite sketches from series 1, 2 and any subsequent specials that we've done. Without further ado, please sit back, relax and enjoy these sketches as if they were a lovely selection box. Only without the walnut ones that everyone hates. This has been a most pleasant walk around the estate, Mr Dingley. Indeed it has, Lady Chortley. Perhaps you will accompany me on a longer walk still. I know a most pleasing path around the Arboretum. We have an Arboretum, Mr Dingley. Indeed we do, Lady Chortley. It's right past the Orangery. The Orangery? Is that near the tannery? I wasn't aware of any tannery. Would that be near the cold storage shed? I wouldn't know. I've only seen it from the observatory. And where, perchance, would one find this observatory? Past the library, over the servants' quarters, through the pantry, along the gantry, under the gables and around the table near the stables. Stables, my lady. Are they close to the boating lake? There's a boating lake? Promise me you'll take me one day. First we would need to find the boating shed. Would that be near the tool shed? Perhaps, or maybe the annex. Which annex? The one with the cupola? Would that be on the other side of the portcullis? That would be next to the minaret, correct? Isn't that across from the hedge maze? The one close to the outhouse? I was thinking of the one adjacent to the bathhouse. I reckon it's nearer to the amphitheatre. Ah, now that's near the auditorium, yes? I couldn't say for sure. I suspect it's around from the conservatory. Isn't the conservatory just the orangery? As I haven't been to the orangery, I wouldn't know. Indeed. Where the devil are we? I don't even know anymore. Dennis! Turn that bloody racket off. It's time for elevenses. Oh, good. About time. Here we go. Quite a selection we've got today, Fred, me old mucker. You must try one of these cream crannies. They're simply divine. Not before you have one of these mildew malt cakes. I bought them from the bakery round my way. It's more open twice a week. I always make sure to get my Maltese from him. Mmm. They're good. They're not quite as good as these Parsons brackets, though. Freshly baked this morning. I make them myself, you know. Not bad. However, I prefer the butterscotch brace girdles. The butterscotch comes from a specialist in Louth. Is the only person in the country who can make such a light butterscotch while retaining the sweetness. They're basically fine. I could probably stomach another. Oh, 
Please do help yourself to a flaked fanny. There's plenty to go around. I find them a bit sticky on my fingers. I prefer a, a couple of Milky Johns myself. Agreed. Oh, Dennis, did you bring any lewd magicians? You thought I'd forgot. I could never forget your favourites. They're not my favourites. I prefer a packet of chocolate dissolvers any day at week. Ha, you old cad. I've seen you sneaking a few of my magicians when you thought I wasn't looking. They're perfectly fine. I just have my preferences. Sir, have you tried an apple totem before? There's an orchard down Cornwall way that I always visit when we're on holiday. Marvellous they are, marvellous. That is the only place you can get them, you know. They sound a little bit like me straddleback strudels. I make them from Spanish apples. Make some lighter than air. I throw on a handful of icing sugar and it really finishes them off. Where do you get your icing sugar from? I know a guy. He sources sugar from the finest areas of the globe. My guy unpicks all of his own sugar. He inspects each grain through a microscope before bagging it up. Another of your bloody stories, I bet. It's true. Anyway, have a Jeremy Jam jostle. I shouldn't. We're only going to go to waste. Well, they've taken me foot already. What else can they take? Me stump? Too bloody right. Get it down, ya. You join us on day four of the Boost Olympics. My name is Dance Mavis. And I'm Rick Hiccup, and we're here at the Nexus Stack to witness the 209km Triple Dash. That's right, Rick. This is the event that everybody has been waiting all week for, especially our sponsors at Endura Bar, the bar that makes you more than a man. That's right, Dan. The track elites are lining up in the starting circle. Let's assess their capabilities in minute detail whilst we're trying to fill dead air before the event starts. That's right, Rick. First up in the first lane is Rob Bunsen, an absolute veteran of the event. Parts of his body have been competing here for the last 104 years. He was back around before society collapsed and rebuilt itself again. That's right, Dan. It's difficult to look past Rob in this event, mainly because his masking implant creates several holograms of himself across the entire length of the course. That's right, Rick. However, you have to acknowledge that Dawn Arachnatron is looking rather tasty in this competition. That's right, Dan. But be careful how you phrase that. Using the word tasty around an octoped might seem a little insensitive, considering how society was forced to hunt and eat Arachnosapiens. That's right, Rick. I merely meant that her eight robotic limbs may give her an edge in this event. That's right, Dan, but personally I think she may struggle with the water zone of this course. Cybernetic implants have been rendered almost useless in flooded areas. That's right, Rick. The water level rises every day, and considering the ice caps melted decades ago, we don't even know where all the water's coming from. That's right, Dan. The water zone makes the Mariana Trench look like a puddle of piss by comparison. That's right, Rick. That's why the smart money has to be on Barnabas Mutoid. His gills will certainly offer an advantage. Plus, that go-faster dorsal fin has been attracting some serious sponsorship money just lately. That's right, Dan. Barnabas is stacked. His biceps, triceps, and quadriceps make him a mighty fine advertisement for genetic engineering. That's right, Rick. I think Barnabas overheard our commentary with his super-sensitive hearing. 
He's flexing. That's right, Dan. Quinticeps. If our species hadn't evolved beyond the concept of sex, I'd definitely be having feelings right about now. That's right, Rick. However, we haven't discussed the dark horse of this race yet. That's right, Dan. Centaurus Grey has performed very well in the heats. He's cleared every hurdle in his way so far. He isn't saddled with any baggage, and he will be a main threat to the others. That's right, Rick. What do you think of Ronald Rocketboy Vertices, though? What are his chances? That's right, man. I don't expect he'll do well here. Once dusk arrives and the swarm emerges, they'll devour anything above 100 meters high. Ground-based competitors will have the advantage today. That's right, Lick. I also think that Lucinda Farmerjack will struggle today. Not least because she appears to be tearing up parts of the viewing platform with her bare hands. That's right, Pan. Her Enviro suit appears to be injecting too many baroids and not enough focus sand to balance it out. She's going to have a hard time concentrating on the task at hand, especially when there are so many delicious spectators for her to eat. That's right, Tick. However, you might notice that there's one track elite who isn't here today. That's right, Can. I'm afraid Jake Jensen will not be in the race today. He contracted seven waterborne flesh-eating diseases from drinking unpurified water and lost the remainder of his skin. He'll be back next week. That's right, Hick. This must be a terrible time for all of his closest clones. Allow us a brief nanoparsec of silence for this terrible tragedy. And now it's time for the race to begin. Did you know that this will be our 722nd Boost Olympics, Rick? That's right, Dan. When they uploaded our consciousnesses into this AI stack, I never anticipated that I'd be commenting on this event for the rest of eternity. Do you think they'll ever let us die, Rick? I sure hope so, Dan. Maybe one day. Anyway, let's get on with the race. We now go live to our commentary team, our future selves. Now, moving into the prone sausage. Hold it. Hold it. Now, we transition into the sprawled omnibus. Stretch it out. Now into the Parsons bracket and hold it for a few minutes. While you do that, I'll come round and inspect your positioning. Miss Vaxa? Please call me Auntie. Auntie, I'm having a bit of trouble with this position. Oh, no, no, no. Your energy is completely off balance. It is? Yes. Can't you feel it? You need to give me an um... Um? Yes. Longer, though. Hold it. Um... Keep it going. Hey, what's that? I said keep the um going. Yeah, but you tickled my feet with something. It's just a lump of cleansing amethyst, Kevin. If it feels ticklish, it's a sign that your chakras are off kilter. Oh. Right. Get up. Onto your elbows. Eyes closed. Give me another um. Um. That's it. Don't stop. What should we do next? Oh, yes, of course. Ah, my eyes! You've broken the um. Ah, what the hell did you just do? I only rubbed some shaved quartz into your eyes. Now, stand up. We need to put some into your urethra too. No! You're so tense. How do you expect to feel better when you're so closed-minded? I just don't like the idea of having sharp crystals rubbed into sensitive areas. It's just blocked energy. It's a blocked helmet I'm worried about. Look, I'm happy to try all the yoga stuff, but can we just leave the crystals out of it? But crystals are our friends. Friends? Yes. Look at this. 
You might think this is a piece of black tourmaline, but it's actually called Janice. Right, of course. What's that, Janice? Yes, he does look sceptical, doesn't he? Perhaps we should administer a labdarite shower. I don't like the sound of that. If it involves getting crystals all over me, I'm not up for that. If you don't participate, then I will ask you to leave the course. Will I get my deposit back? What do you think? Can we? Janice says sorry. It's written into our terms and conditions. All right, I'll stay. Good. Now, bring forth the obsidian invader. My God, what is that for? Just close your eyes and give me a really deep arm. Good evening, chummies. Welcome once again to the Etiquette Show. I am your host, Hugh Lunchengra, and this unwashed fellow beside me is Jim Moss. Hey, up. I'll have the know that I've washed myself specially for the show tonight. Everywhere? Impeccably, me good sir. Well, dear listeners, it appears miracles do occur. And what's the occasion, Jim, me old laddie? Is it mating season for your subspecies already? At least I'm getting some, mate. Last I heard, your bricklayer will lay more than your foundations. And what exactly is that supposed to mean? Should have thought your wife a bit best person to ask. And I'm sure we can find an interpreter so that our listeners can understand your prose, Jim. But for now, let's press on. Now, on previous editions, we have covered the cutlery to the left and right-hand side of the plate. But what about the cutlery stationed above? Can I touch them? No, you may not, Jim. However, I shall give you a rundown of their form and function. I've been looking forward to this. I knew they weren't just for show. At 90% of dinner parties, they are entirely for show. However, as even a man of your station is undoubtedly aware, in high society there exists several, shall we say, exclusive clubs. Like cults? No, Jim. Not like cults at all. No. These are secretive societies that are dedicated to upholding their ancient traditions. So a cult, then? Your one strongly worded complaint from being kicked off this show, boy. You're a bit of a cult, you sen. So, as we can observe, without using our fingers, this particular knife is engraved with several runes. Why's that, then? Well, old boy, it's because this knife was used by the flock of Jeremiah as an ancient bloodletting ritual. Yep, that checks out. Perfectly normal and all that. This is just a peek behind the curtain, Jim. If you attend a dinner party during lambing season, and the date happens to coincide with a blood moon, chances are you may be called upon to use this knife. So what does this sin do? Hands behind your back! Please. This is the summoning spoon of Amun-Ra. Amun Ohms? Amun-Ra was rumoured to be a terrible, world-eating, immortal beast who slumbers beneath the earth waiting for a chance to rise again. And while he waits, he sometimes presents this morning when Schofield's got flu. The secretive order, known as the patrons, use this spoon. They believe the spoon allows them to tap into the lifeblood of Amun-Ra, consuming his primeval power for their own nefarious purposes. So, like, do they just eat soup wheat or something? Cress soup, naturally. If your host presents you with a cloak and a steaming bowl of cress... 
Make sure you have the summoning spoon to hand. It sounds like a load of old cobblers to me. Regardless of your beliefs, Jim, your host will likely take this very seriously. It would be rude to scorn or mock their traditions. So you just go along with it? Anything else would be impolite. I'd tell them they were talking shite. Then I'd nip off and get me sent a kebab on way on. My boy, I can't understand a word you're saying. Nevertheless, let's move on because we have a lot to cover. Now this drinking straw is said to be imbued with a mystical aura that grants its user a longer life. Nice. I got some bongo in fridge. No, Jim. The straw of the Eternal can only be used once every seventeen years, lest its corrupting nature wither the host away to a husk. A rusk? I quite like rust, Miss N, actually. You know, when my son were born, I used to sneak his rust sometimes. It used to drive my wife crazy with my molten milk breath, and she'd be all like, Jim, have you been at rusks again? And I'd be all, nay, lass, what makes you think that? And then she'd be all like... <clears throat> as enchanting as this window into your depraved life may be, Jim, I'm afraid I'll have to stop you there. We have important matters to discuss. Like straws? Yes, exactly. Now, as we all know, it would be slovenly to drink a regular beverage through a regular drinking straw. However, the straw of the Eternal is a special one-off ceremony where such dispensation is allowed. Dispensation? Is that like a vending machine? Jim, I would appreciate a modicum of solemnity from you regarding these matters. Now this, Jim, please tell me you didn't touch this saucer. What? Be straight with me. Did you touch this saucer at all? I don't know. I, I might have knocked it or something when I spilt my monster munch before the show. Jim, you have no idea what you've done. We need to leave now. Hang on a sec. Just let me go and fetch me on bongo. I'm gone. I won't be in next week. I have to lay low until this passes over. All right, who's been at me on bongo? You see this graph? You see it? It's shit. The arrow is going down. Down. When the arrow goes down, money goes down. And when money goes down, I get angry. So, one of you idiots needs to come up with a new product right now. Today, in this meeting, or I swear to God, I will fire you faster than a cheetah can run a hundred metres on laxatives. Okay, shoot. Me? Yes. Suggest anything. The cloud's the limit. We're just spitballing. But if I don't like your spitballs, you'll be fired. Um, uh, <clears throat> well, I, I reckon... Faster! I reckon, I reckon we need a, a new flavour. Something unusual. Uh, people, people are eating a lot of chilli chocolate, so... Maybe we go in that direction. We could add something spicy. Nah, fuck that in the ball sack. We need something that's going to blow people's cocks clean off. What about a ghost pepper chocolate? Paprika? Maybe a packet of hot sauce to rub on your fucking urethra? I like that idea, Sky. We should experiment with hotter flavours. That was my idea. Make them with chilli oil instead of pissy old palm oil. Wasabi and lime pickle flavour. Tandoori fall fury. I don't think curry chocolate would taste... Nice work. I can see the whole range of chocolate bars. But what should we call it? Um... 
something something like the hot range taste testers. Oh, suck my clit, Neville, you complete fucking bitch. It needs to sound fucking dangerous. Like, your tits are going to explode if you eat it. Or if you don't. But we might alienate some of our customers. Well, those crusty old cock merchants go and piss down a periscope. We need to grab our young customers by the balls and say, ram this down your throat, you fucking arsewipe. Great idea, Sky. What did you have in mind? Okay, so it's going to be a fucking ordeal eating this shit, right? It's like an endurance test. What about taste testers? Yeah, I like that. It's like a test of strength. Absolutely fucking lootly. But I... Shut it, shitsucker. Nev, chill out. Better speak. Yeah, pipe down, you little pubescent piss rag. The adults are talking. Stop insulting me. Okay, so we have a range of products and a name. Let's put down some ideas around packaging. Sky? Um, I, um, yeah. Maybe we could use some oranges and reds. They're lively and they're synonymous with spice. Massive, vibrant, cock-sucking colours all over the fucking place. Reds, oranges, yellows, like motherfucking chilli peppers. Keep going, Sky. I'm liking this. Maybe some dickhead's face exploding like BAM all over the fucking walls and shit. But he's enjoying it too, like he's sucking dick milk from the gods. Horse piss! Sorry, I just thought that might get your attention. Well, I have to say, Sky, I think you've just served this company. Thanks, cumface. And as for you, Neville, you can clear out your desk. But I always keep my desk tidy. No, you're fired. Now pack up and leave. Okay, will you give me a reference? Good evening and welcome to PolitiBeat, your nightly politics crash course. Joining me tonight is the current Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Rakant. So, Mr. Secretary, I'd like to start by asking you about your recent state visit to Turkey. No, 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 no. Let, let, let me just stop you there. I want to say, for the record, that I absolutely, categorically, have not been on a state visit to Turkey. But you have. Your office sent out an official communication to announce this particular visit. No, I have never been on a state visit to Turkey, nor will I ever go on a state visit to Turkey. I will not discuss the possibility of a state visit to Turkey, nor have I ever sanctioned Turkey to conduct a state visit to me. But we have footage of you conducting a press conference with your Turkish counterpart. No, that was not me. That was, that this, so, this so-called state visit never happened, nor did this press conference, of which I have no recollection of whatsoever. And I can only apologise if anybody has been offended by my actions that I categorically have not performed. I don't understand why you're so insistent on denying this. It's not exactly a bad thing to visit Turkey. Maybe if you relaxed a little, this interview would go a little smoother. Now, now, let me stop you there. Let it be known that I have never conducted an interview in my life, and I can only apologise to the voters who believe I have conducted an interview in the past when I absolutely emphatically have not been interviewed for anything ever. Are you saying this is your first interview? No. But you just said... No, 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 let me, let me finish, let me be clear. I have just been... I have never been interviewed full stop. I have never appeared on your show, nor have I ever spoken to you past, present or future. Excluding the words that you've just spoken now. No! I'm afraid I'm having trouble following this conversation, and I'm sure the viewers at home are too... Shall we start again? 
No, 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 let, let me clearly stop you there by being clear. I have never started again, nor would I consider starting again. It would be categorically unpatriotic to do so. I would never be involved with such a thing, and I don't even understand what it means. Ergo, I cannot do it. Why are you denying everything, Mr. Secretary? I didn't. But you just did, just then. I did not. I, I, I did not utter a single word, nor did I follow it up with a denial about the original denial. I can only sincerely apologise if it sounded like I was denying something, but even then I didn't do it, and I wouldn't, couldn't, and shouldn't do so. All right, all right, let's change tack. Let's see if we can find something you absolutely cannot deny. Is your name not Jeremy Recant? No, 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 let me stop you there. I am absolutely not called Jeremy Recant. I have never answered to such a name, and let me be clear, I would never answer to such a name. I don't answer to any name. I am nameless in this whole scenario. That's a blatant lie. Absolutely not. Jeremy Recant has never existed and... Wait, where did he go? That's crazy. He just said he never existed, then disappeared. It's almost like he willed himself out of existence. Can we get him back? I'll try. <laughs> um, there has never not been a person called Jeremy Recant. And, and another thing, there is no such person as Ewan Taxi. What? No, don't... You made him vanish. I didn't. Can you please leave? We need to fix this. I, I was never here! Shit. Cut to an advert while I figure out how to undo this. Hello, boys and girls. I'm Tick. And I'm Tok. It's time for Time Town. Say, Tick, have you heard of the saying, time makes fools of us all? What are you implying? Have you found my old school books? No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is, we should remember to look after and care for our elders, because the passage of time can do terrible things to us. Is that why you put your granddad in a home? We couldn't look after him anymore. He's very senile. So it wasn't to get his house, then? Hey, I've got an idea. Why don't you pay your grandpa a visit? Shut your face, you stupid son of a bitch. Well, if you want to teach the boys and girls about respecting their elders, it might be a good idea to go and visit him. Have you got your toll money? Oh no! He's got a point, though. How can we expect the boys and girls to respect their elders unless we go and visit them? <laughs> Fine. We'll go at lunch, see if we can get some free food. Spaghetti? Don't start. Here we are, Toc. So, which one's your granddad? Over there. The sundial? Oh, who? Hello, Grampy. Uh. Hello, I'm Toc's friend, Tick. Ticks? He's not very good with strangers. Say, Mr. Sundial, why does it smell like burnt cabbage in here? Baggage. So, what have we been up to, Grampy? Hey, fish sticks. I hope they bring the spaghetti soon. Well, this has been a great visit, but we have visit? to... Visit? Who's that? He's another of the residents here. Decimal clock. Zutelaz, je m'appelle Decimal clock. Vige la bonne monarchie. Vive la révolution. I like him. 
He seems like a fun German guy. Not really. The action gets tiring after a while, especially when it keeps breaking. I am the official timekeeper of the revolution. It's a bit like that famous musical, Cats. Hey, Mr. Decimal Clock, I hear Napoleon is in the kitchen. Oh, why'd you have to do that? I can't stand him. I think he's pretty backwards. Whoa, what kind of fresh hell is that? Oh, this is the barber's clock. He just speaks senile gibberish. It hurts my ears. He's a dribbling idiot, ignore him. What a tool. Shut up. Go and soil yourself quietly in a corner. Well, it doesn't look like we're going to get that spaghetti after all. Can we go now? With pleasure. You know, it's strange. We've just visited an old people's home for timekeeping devices, and there wasn't a single grandfather clock in there. That would have been too easy, wouldn't it? Last time on Space Force. A captain's gotta shoot what a captain's gotta shoot. If it helps the situation at all, allow me to perform my one-man, three-hour rendition of Macbeth. Oh no, I've left my panini in the escape pod. We now return to Space Force. Alright, Space Force. We don't know what exactly killed the crew on this space vessel. Stay alert. Anything could be out there. Why are we even going if it's dangerous? Because there might be cool stuff to steal. Now, let's beam across to their spaceship. Captain, Mom, I I didn't know we had a transporter. No, we've got a long length of wood. We're going to shove out the airlock and walk across. Now prepare the beam. Captain, as you know, I'm always up for a dramatic suicide mission. However, would you prefer to spend the remainder of the episode listening to my new spoken word album? It's really very good and available now on my tunes. Stalling for space-time, Mr. McStewart. Me? <laughs> as you know, Captain, I laugh in the face of fear, dance in the presence of dread, and give nipple cripples to nightmares. Ah, Captain, a space alien has dripped acid on me. The flesh-rending torture is unbearable. I believe that's a burst water tank, Miss Stewart. I'm pretty sure it's acid. What's that over there? Decomposing bodies, Mr. Puvak. These humanoid corpses have been trapped in this floating coffin for centuries. And yet they're still livelier than Puvak's performance. It smells in here. That's your acting, boy. You've been stinking the place out from the moment you stepped on set. I've told you to enunciate. Well, if we could get back to scripted events here, I'm sure there's nothing on your space scanner you could tell us about. Me or him? You, Mr. Puvark. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yes, my Captain Mom. Uh, there's some strange space readings here that I'm not smart enough to understand. Let me see. Ah, yes. A life reading on the space bridge. Wait, it's several life readings. And call signs for all the dead crew members. A mystery indeed. How can they be dead here and yet still alive on the space bridge? I have a theory, my captain. 
that I shall deliver through the medium of space poetry. <coughs> what do you think, Mom? I mean, Mom? Stop calling me that, or I'll demote you to space mute. But in answer to your question, I have a theory which I will hold back from the audience for dramatic effect. To the space bridge! Wait! Come back! Pay attention to me! Ew! Just as I thought. Brilliant deduction as always, my captain. What is it? It looks like a quivering bag of flesh and sinew. That's because it is a quivering bag of flesh and sinew, Mr. Puvak. Technically speaking, maybe the entity would care to explain. That's right, Captain Brainway. This baggy epidermis is merely a container for the millions of consciousnesses we have consumed. We have subsumed the identities, thoughts, and minds of millions of life forms throughout the galaxy. Inside this form they live forever, melded together, a formless soup of ideas, intellect, and philosophy. It's a meat monster. Permission to do a mini-sick, Captain Mom? Refused. So, the crew are still alive. They're just inside you as an ethereal intelligence. I also deduce that the space distress signal was to lure us here. Lure us here because you need my intellect. Indeed. Together we solve the complexities of the universe and everything in it centuries ago. But there are deeper conundrums that exist far beyond our plane of existence that we have yet to solve. We need more processing power. That is where the brightest star in the Space Academy comes in. Captain Brainway, your synapses hold the key to a new level of understanding. With your intellect, we shall be limitless. Will you join us? Does it hurt? Momentarily. However, the immense bliss of information washing over your conscious mind is eternal. And with us, you'll have access to every idea ever conceived, every emotion ever felt, every moment ever experienced. We are an infinite library of reality. Think of the things we can achieve together. You will have access to everything. You will know everything. You will be everything. Nah. Fire at will. Who's will? That fleshy bag thing. <laughs> Die, you space scoundrel. Look at my heroism. You cannot kill us with space lasers. It won't work. If you won't come willingly, they'll take you by force. But you've forgotten one thing. We don't forget anything. Except that you've been sat on the space bridge for so long, deep in thought, that your physical form has fused to that space chair. Aha! So it can't reach us. Ha <laughs> ha. Space vermin, thou art nothing whence compared to the mighty space force. Now come on, let's get out of here. But Captain, are we not going to vanquish this foe in a stylish and budget-blowing finale? No, think about it. Don't ask too much of me, Captain. This thing is genius with a problem it cannot solve. Leaving it alive will be torture. A fate worse than death. You can't do this to us! Sometimes the smart thing to do is to do nothing. Now let's go. Come back here and put your head in our suction tube. Please! We'll find a way to consume your brainwave. If it's the last thing we do... Thank you for not letting it eat me, my queen. 
It eats intelligence, Puvak. With you, that would be less fulfilling than breathing near an egg. Ah, home sweet space home. Would you like to demote me to pilot so I can steer us into yet another thrilling adventure? Not yet. Detonate the space charges. Captain? You think I'd let that thing live? It's disgusting. Blow it to space pieces. <laughs> That's more like it. You know, that wasn't a bad episode, was it? For heaven's sake, boy. I wasn't in it nearly enough. So, have you guys been given your contracts for Series 2? Yep. Already signed and handed back in. Same here. Contract? Oh, yes. I've had mine months ago. It's of little consequence anyway, because I'm going to be busy on Broadway. Plus I have my own spin-off to front, and then there's the publicity tour for my spoken word album. I have outgrown the show, although it was beneath me from the start anyway. Great. Well, we should meet for drinks to celebrate the end of the series. Good plan. Send us the details on who's up. See ya. Bye. This is a series two. You're my agent, Dorrit. You're supposed to know these things. And get me a who's app. You are now about to witness the strength of good breeding. Straight out of Oxbridge, lovely mother chopper named Nice Pubes, from a group named Jummies with Gratitude. When I'm ticked off, I'll have you ripped off, I tip the doorman to rip a member's badge off. You too, chum, don't break our accord, and definitely don't touch what you can't afford in a tux. That's how I'm going out, those punk mother choppers I'm showing them out. Chubby stuff to grumble, rough and tumble, fisticuffs will put them in their place, don't mumble. Going out in a mother chopping nice hat, burning 50 pound notes up in your face. My chin is so smooth, ain't no telling when I'm down for a house move. Here's a ditty to keep you all dancing, with a voting record like Boris Johnson. A champagne flute is the tool, don't mistake me for a highfalutin fool, because I've majored in art history, I'm a guaranteed front bench Tory. Yo weekly, monthly and yearly, my twin monocles ensure I see clearly, that I'm down with my capital D.A.D. Daddy pays bills for me, I won't step in your neighbourhood, it's just mank. And I heard that your house price tanked. It serves you right for buying in Staleybridge. You could be in Richmond if you come straight out of Oxbridge. College of Oxbridge. College of Oxbridge. Straight out of Oxbridge. Another crazy ass fellow institutionalized bullying. It doesn't mellow, I'm an inbred mother chopper and you know this. But my forged birth certificate won't show this. But I couldn't care less, I'm gonna make my cash. Not through my investments, my portfolio's rash, they like robbery. It's all on expenses, but it's above board. No pretense of shooting lovely plump grouse in a minute. Or a pheasant feathered peasant, or a gannet. If I go to the fitter, then I'll buy the front row. If I'm bored by the end, I'll just buy the whole show. You'll probably get mad like an oik is supposed to. But I have wealth you could never get close to. A crazy mother chopper from Oxbridge. Slamming dicks in doors, I call it cocksquidge. MC Ken is in the demographic. Born to lead, but in my head it's static. Not the right hand, cause I'm the hand itself. Every time I pull a ball, burn off the shelf. My walls are wood panelled, and that's law. K-E-N spells Ken, my cock saw. The working class would just see me as a villain, but my vision is clear. It's the best for Britain. Well, 
Actually, me, and not you. And once you're on the dole, your arse is through. Meanwhile, I'll take an expensive paint trip. I guess a fella like Ken don't work for tips straight out of Oxbridge. College of Oxbridge. College of Oxbridge. And that, our dear listeners, is that. What's on the horizon for this, that and the other, I hear you ask? Plenty, actually, including a feature-long special episode coming very soon, which we'll share more details of shortly. And then, of course, we're on to Series 3, which is already well in the works. Thank you for your support over the last two series. We're incredibly appreciative that you put up with our nonsense, and we wouldn't be here without you. We don't usually like to pester you for favours, but if you want to support us, there are a number of ways you can do so. Firstly, follow us on Twitter, Facebook at T-Tato Podcast. Like, subscribe and share us wherever you find us. The main places to find us are on our website, ttato.co.uk, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a coffee page at ko-fi.com slash Podcast, where if you feel that we deserve it, you can give us a donation to help us keep the show going. This money goes straight into hosting costs, equipment and future studio time so we can keep doing this for you. All of our shows will remain free to listen to in the future, but if you feel like giving us a tip, if you feel that we're deserving of it, you'll be doing us a massive favour all for the cost of a single cup of coffee. Until then, goodbye and good night.